Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and we are starting off the new year with a new season of The Bachelor, just like I'm sure God intended. I'm going to be joined by a very special guest, Demi Burnett, to help me break down Matt James' premiere episode of The Bachelor. But first, I wanted to touch base with some of the breaking Bachelor split news that went down over the holidays. Celebs love to do this thing where they file for divorce or announce breakups on holidays because they think it's going to get less media attention. However, I'm here to tell them after three years at Us Weekly that it doesn't work, okay? This isn't the days of print where we change the cover. This is 24-7 online media coverage. And people still look at their phones on Christmas. It's 2021. You know what I mean? 2020, 2021. So first we had, you know, Carly and Evan who were married for three years after getting together on Bachelor in Paradise season three. And this broke while we were recording our Tasha finale episode two weeks ago. But since then, a lot has happened because Evan's ex-wife, he was married before Carly. He has three sons. And this woman went on Reality Steve's podcast and kind of tried to like dish all this dirt on their marriage. She claimed that they broke up in February of 2019 before she was even showing with their younger son, Charlie. She also, Reality Steve, um, told everyone while during this episode that this woman had texted him November of 2019, just before Carly gave birth to their son, that they were on the rocks. And he didn't post it, but he posted these like cryptic messages, if you remember at the time, about a big bachelor split. And now he admitted that that's who he was referring to. So Evan has yet to kind of comment on his ex-wife going rogue and giving these interviews. It's very unclear how close she even is to the situation. She said to Reality Steve that he's very private, but everything she knew about their relationship was he was all in and he loved her and he worshipped the ground she walked on. And she's not surprised they split, but she was surprised that this is how it's all coming out and the timing of it all. Now, Carly has since, she's a YouTube channel that she started not too long ago, and she released a video without using Marie's name, but kind of fired back and was like, I don't know why there's speculation about when I, when we split, we broke up the day after Thanksgiving. So while this woman and Reality Steve were claiming they broke up in either February of 2019 or November of 2019, Carly is saying they broke up on in November 2020, the day after Thanksgiving. We don't know if they filed for divorce yet because we can't find the court documents. It probably means they haven't. They sold their house in November and they were listed as husband and wife. So likely that means, you know, nothing is finalized for sure. Um, She also claimed in her YouTube video that Evan was the one who pulled the plug on their relationship because she said she never would. 
and she put that on him, which I thought was interesting. She was kind of shifting the blame on him. It kind of just sounds like these two weren't happy for a while in their marriage and they did everything they could to make it work. She said they went to therapy. They have two really young kids. So it's sad when it gets messy when they have young kids. But it's just interesting, the back and forth between them. And like I said before, Evan has been pretty quiet pretty quiet. He responded to one Instagram user who said something along the lines of, you know, he, his caption was the greatest paradise love story ever told. And someone responded, this aged well. And he wrote back, it's still true. So, you know, he's trying to have fond memories of their relationship while she is opening up about it on YouTube. That YouTube channel should be interesting to keep an eye on as these two co-parent. She was crying on Christmas after the kids left. Um, You know, I think it's going to keep getting messy and maybe we'll get some court documents and figure out what's to come. But she has officially moved out. They are donezo, our third official bachelor divorce. Who knows what 2021 is going to hold. But we also couldn't say goodbye to this year without Bachelor Pete, who we started 2020 with. We started 2020 with Bachelor Peter getting engaged to Hannah Ann, only to dump her for Madison, only to break up with her and get back together with Kelly, his fifth place runner up, who he had secretly met before the show started. These two dated from April to December, seven months, much longer than I think all of us gave them, we're going to give them credit for, even though I on this very podcast predicted they were going to get engaged on Christmas. And I was obviously wrong. (laughs) Instead, Peter announced their split on New Year's Eve, again, trying to pull the, you know, it's a a holiday, no one's going to care, people cared, on New Year's Eve. And He wrote, while a relationship was filled with countless beautiful memories, our relationship simply didn't work out in the end. Kelly is someone I will always have a special love for. Someone I have learned more from than she will ever understand. Someone I am so thankful came into my life and someone who I always wish all the life's greatest blessings on. There's been a lot of speculation about these two. A lot of people jumped to conclusions and based on like blind gossip and random tweets and stuff said that there was cheating involved. Sources have told us weekly that is not the case, that no one cheated. They spent all their time together. There was no time to have an affair. It was quarantine. They were pretty much all over each other, which was why it didn't work out. They put all their eggs in this basket and they realized they were moving too too fast. They were actually really different. And as they prepared to move to New York together, literally within days, they were both kind of spooked and they called it quits. And there was this report in Entertainment Tonight that said it was Barbara can never forget Barbara. That's how we started this podcast. Peter's mom got in the middle of their relationship and was meddling too much. And that's why they broke up. And so Peter released a statement. And in this statement, he revealed that Kelly and him initially broke up mid-December. He said, Kelly and I broke up two weeks ago. I flew to Chicago and was finished with the relationship. Then my mom really encouraged us to be in the relationship if we wanted to be and to not give up. Kelly and I operate on two different frequencies, and one isn't better or worse than the other. We're just two different people. And those differences surfaced after eight months of dating. But I loved her like crazy, and my mom really cared about her. So it sounds like they broke up, were on and off for the rest of December, which is why he was leaving these comments on her Instagram about why she was the greatest Christmas present he ever had. My I thought they were getting engaged, um, trying to keep up appearances. And then they pulled the plug for real on New Year's Eve and he went rogue and just posted it because she waited a few days and made a comment like you probably already heard, but I needed time to process. And she wrote in part, Peter and I had unbelievable times together and they will definitely be missed. I wish Peter the absolute best and want to thank everyone for your continued support as I move on to my next chapter. So we have a lot of single people in Bachelor Nation in 2021 that you might not have thought were going to be single. JP and Ashley. I would say Chris and Crystal, but Crystal's already pregnant and expecting a child with someone else. Um, Cassie and Colton, Hannah Ann, Madison, Peter and Kelly. The Paradise Pool is going to be insane. Robert Mills, 
um, behind enter- ABC uh, Entertainment Specialized Programming, I believe, who's always involved with The Bachelor, has already given Peter the open invitation. So that's always fun. I'm sure that means Kelly has it too. And I don't know, you guys. I feel like we're going to see some interesting couplings. And the, the name of the game these days, but in more interesting couples come from within The Bachelor pool than even on the show. So now we have so many potential people to pair up. And I just cannot wait to see what Pilot Pete does next. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. He had three girlfriends and three breakups all in 2020. What could 2021 hold? His ABC contract is up at the end of March. They're under contract through when their finale airs. So I'm really hoping we get some tea from Pilot Pete. But for now, it's all about Matt James. And we have to start breaking down his premiere. I am now joined by a Bachelor Nation favorite. You guys, you know her, you love her, and she's going to have some hot takes on Matt James' premiere. I have no doubt about it based on her tweets last night. She competed on Colton Underwood season 23 of The Bachelor. Then she's on Bachelor in Paradise. Now she has her own podcast, and she's going to dish all these hot takes. Hello, Demi. Hi there. Thank you for having me today. How are you? How have you been in in quarantine? Are you so excited to be a more bachelor? Tell me everything. I've been really good. Um, You know, we just went back into lockdown in L.A. So quarantine has been pretty terrible lately. I've been pretty isolated. I haven't left my house in weeks. But, um, you know, it is exciting that we get some new reality television. We finally get our bachelor back. And so that is now keeping me entertained. Yeah, thank God, right? I mean, Claris and Keisha's season, it had its highs, mostly when the switch up in the drama was happening. And, you know, we got two love stories, which is great. But The Bachelor gives us a little bit more more drama, right? Yeah, and it's even hilarious how they had the Bachelorettes at the La Quinta, and then they have the Bachelor at this insane, it looks like a castle. I was like, oh my gosh, if I was on The Bachelor, I'd be so mad. <laughs> I know, it really looks like a castle. And a common theme this this um, this year, since they've had to film in one location, I've been asking anyone I've talked to, do you think you would have enjoyed filming in one location, or would you have been pissed you got shipped out of the travel? Oh, I would have been livid if I got gypped out of the travel. That was like the best part. It was getting to travel all over the world with like all your new friends and stuff. And also while you like have a crush on this guy. Um, I mean, I feel like they really like, it's unfortunate for them to have to not be able to go anywhere. Totally. And with at least on this season, they're getting, like you said, a castle versus a sweating in a, in a Palm Springs resort and a van for the fantasy suite and like so much <laughs> janky stuff. Yeah, exactly. They got really lucky with this. And it's so weird, though. I wonder why they didn't do that for The Bachelorette. But maybe it was last minute. Yeah, because it was like 117 degrees in Palm Springs during that. Which, by the way, Tasha and Claire, both of them, their faces always looked incredible. I don't know how they did it, but those poor guys were just sweating. And I don't blame them, but it looked horrible. <laughs> I know. It reminded me of Paradise. <laughs> I was going to say, was it like Paradise flashbacks? At least there were no crabs, as far as we know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you a few burning night one questions as someone who's been through this before first of all it took me back i looked it up i forgot about your entrance your iconic line to colton yes i said i haven't dated a virgin since i was 12 but what i meant to say was i haven't dated a virgin since i was like 12 like i was trying to give him a hard time but i forgot that word like so then everyone just thought i was a 12 year old whore um but i was a virgin till i was 18 for the record okay i just was trying to make yeah i was just trying to make a like a little joke at him you know lighten the mood but then i just ended up sounding ridiculous Oh, my God. It's so good, though. But the intro, your entrance, what is that like, that conversation, I assume, with a producer about how you decide, like, are you going to go for the funny joke? Are you going to do the 
fake costume? Like, are you just going to walk out? Like, how did you decide what to do? Um, so you kind of like you get to talk about it with your producers. Um, and it was really funny because they asked me what I wanted to do. And at first I said, oh, I was just going to wing it. And they were like, that's a terrible idea. And I was like, oh, and I was like, well, uh, I want to be carried in on a throne. And they were like, no. And then I wrote down a bunch of different like little catchphrases and stuff. And then they picked the funny one. Like a lot of mine are actually kind of sincere. And like one of them, I remember I was like, um, hi, I'm Demi. Like I may be little, but I love very big or like something along those lines lines like something really cute like that but they went with the funny one and you know I'm glad they did (laughs) yeah I think I mean as much as the producers know what they're doing right that's the conclusion I always get from from when I talk to people from the show it's like it might not always end great for everyone but they're making a show and they know what they're doing yeah exactly they have a job to do you know totally my other burning um open night question was when you're in the limo and they tell you to scream the lead's name did you ever want to be like no I'm done screaming Colton's name well, that was the first time that we had ever done it. So, you know, we were just like, OK, cool. I guess we're screaming Colton's name now. Um, yeah, it was the first time. I do remember I, I thought it was so weird, especially because like you just meet the girls and you're not really supposed to talk to them very much until you like get into the mansion. So you're all just trying to yell over each other because like all of a sudden you're already competing and you're just like, Colton! When they were wanted you to jump for joy for where you were traveling, did you all just like lean into it and laugh at it or were you rolling your eyes? Oh, no, we were all laughing about it. Like, you know, they didn't have us like redo it too many times like the Singapore one whenever they told us we were going to Singapore that was the most genuine like that was first take super genuine like everyone freaked out um so yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad doing that it just it makes funny. me laugh no matter where the they're going it's like, this is the place to fall in love like Pennsylvania they found it we're here <laughs> this is where the magic happens my favorite is always like the contemplation shots whenever you just have to like stare look longingly into the distance that's whenever I'd roll my eyes I was like seriously guys come on this is corny Right. Like, I'm not thinking about Colton right now at all. Actually, I'm thinking about how this is stupid. (laughs) Okay, let's get into this episode. First of all, Matt James overall. I mean, I think he's gorgeous. That was my biggest takeaway from his performance last night. What about you? Oh, yeah, he's stunning. He is a beautiful human. Um, I am excited to see, you know, more of his personality. I think he seems like a really great guy. So uh, he's like a perfect fit for The Bachelor. I see why they chose him. Yeah. Do you think it makes sense for them to go with someone who we, you know, we weren't super familiar with? Obviously, if you follow Tyler Cameron on Instagram, you know who Matt James is. And I'm sure a lot of people watching do. But it was you could tell there was definitely learning curves. His, you know, him not really knowing how the show worked. I thought it made him seem really honest and genuine, but it was definitely different, you know? Yeah, I like that they chose someone who isn't familiar with it, because like you said, it's going to be a more genuine uh, Matt that we're seeing on the screen because you know you go through the whole experience one time you like know the ins and outs and you like uh you know you're, you just you're experienced so you uh, know maybe how to like put it on or you know how to like you know go with the show but him he's just like ah I don't know what I'm doing and this is my first time and I'm just gonna be me and you know figure it out along the way with him so I think it's really interesting yeah I think so too it's funny also they played the whole you know the women are coming and then Matt had to be like oh no I have some questions and then they walked into like a perfectly set lit like two chairs like I think <laughs> they knew that that conversation was coming and it was a great conversation about race and how he's feeling about the show but it was like the setup was like okay we get it he's new to the show <laughs> yeah it's so cute honestly 
it was cute. It's working. It's all work. Everything they're doing is working. The new resort, Matt James, the the newness of it all. I was definitely all in within the first couple minutes, which I usually am. It doesn't take much for me, but yeah, it's it's very interesting though because like you said, it's like this new resort, and we have like a new bachelor we've never heard of him before, like except for the fact that he's friends with Tyler. So yeah, it's really refreshing, and I was definitely like very interested. Like couldn't take my eyes off of it. Let's talk about some of these girls. Does anyone, when you're just initially talking about it, like pop into your head on entrances that you liked, didn't like? Who who were you feeling? Um, yes, of course. They're a very, very interesting group of girls. Um, I really liked MJ, the girl with the pizza, because it was like so cute. Like she was so chill and down to earth and like absolutely stunning. She was like, oh, yep, the door is locked. That's okay. I'm dedicated to this gig and I'm going to follow through with it. Like I really liked her. Um, I loved Brie. I felt like she was so poised and uh, really mature and just had a great way of speaking. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Um, and then of course, Abigail, we're all in love with Abigail right now. And then I loved the ballerina and I was so bummed that she didn't get a rose. Justice for the ballerina. I really thought she, when I first was taking notes and I was like starring people who I thought were going to go far, which is like impossible to do on night one, but I do just to test myself. I had a star next to the ballerina. So who am I to be some sort of bachelor expert? I loved her. I thought she was so cool. I was like, oh, a ballerina. And she like got out of the limo. Like that's talent. She's talented. Right. She had a little bit of a skill. Not that, you know, bringing pizza or a dildo isn't something to be happy about, but it was, you know, a little bit more of a, of a talent, of a real skill. It's respectable. <laughs> exactly. If, if she did go far, we would all remember that entrance as like classic and classy. And now, unfortunately, we'll all probably forget about her unless she gets a spot on Paradise. We can only hope. Justice for the ballerina. Yes, she's our grocery store, Joe. Yes, exactly. I also had Brie down. I thought she was in that green dress. She was the first oh, one they showed out of the limo. I was like, oh, girl, she's she's going far. Oh, yeah. She's absolutely stunning. I really like her, too. And that dress was phenomenal. I mean, I also just feel like I say this every season, but these girls just keep getting prettier, I think. Not that they... Oh, my gosh. Yes, we were saying that. We were like, they are so beautiful. Like, all of them are so pretty. Like, I'm also obsessed with Chelsea and that dress she had that had, like, the two strap things, like, going down the back. I thought that was so unique. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, she's so cool. How does one pick the dress they're going to wear for their opening night on The Bachelor? It was a nightmare for me. (laughs) I, well, like... I, I was poor before I came. Like, I didn't have any money, so I spent my last paycheck, and I just bought a bunch of dresses on uh, sale at Dillard's. So that's, like, where I got all my, like, um, rose ceremony dresses and cocktail dresses and st- swimsuits and stuff like that. But for my night one dress, I was, like, talking to my parents, and I was like, I really need a good dress for this. This is, like, a huge moment. And they were like, okay, we'll buy your night one dress. And I was like, okay, sweet. So now I'm going to, like, Terry Costa, and I'm, like, you know, looking at prom dresses, trying to find one. And I knew I wanted yellow because yellow is my favorite and that was so hard to find a yellow dress and so whenever I finally found mine and then I saw the other girls dresses I was like second guessing myself the whole time because mine was like kind of boho-y and I was just like oh my gosh I look like a loser everyone has on these like elegant gowns I literally was texting one of my friends last night and they're like, who, where do they get the money for these dresses? Because these girls were pretty young. They were all in their like early 20s. And I was like, 100% their parents. So I'm glad you said that because that's what I was thinking. And that's what I would do if I was on the show. Oh, yeah. Like my parents bought me one dress. I guarantee those girls' parents bought them all their dresses. Yeah, I'm sure. Which speaking of dresses, there was two girls in the same dress, but it wasn't discussed. I know. And it was funny because they were standing next to each other in the rose ceremony. 
Do you think maybe they talked about it and they just cut it out because it was boring? Like, I guess they just took it really well and no one wants to see that. Yeah, that's what happened on my season. Two girls, um, Heather and this girl, Laura, they had the same dress on. And they, you could tell that the producer, because the producers like tell you which of the dresses they think you should wear. So they probably wanted to stir something up. And then Heather and the girl, Laura, looked at each other. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we're wearing the same dress. That's awesome. They're like, you look amazing in it. Like, And so it wasn't a big deal. And I feel like that's what happened this time, too. They probably just were like, oh, my gosh, cool. We're wearing the same dress. Which, like, in the moment, you have to know you have to play it cool. Because if you don't, it's going to be, like, dress gate and talked about in, like, Bachelor hit reality TV drama, I feel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, who cares? <laughs> right. And also, who cares? It takes you back to, like, when you are drop shopping for a prom dress and there's, like, Facebook groups or, like, big groups and everyone's saying, don't wear the same dress. And it's like, that sounds horrible. And it can be, I'm sure, catty sometimes in this bachelor mansion. But, like, clothes should be one thing I feel like everyone should should let go at this point. Exactly. I feel like I would probably be initially pissed off if I was like someone's in the same dress as me. I'd be like, oh, no. But then I would think about it and be like, who cares? Like, it is not that serious. You brought up Heather. And I have to ask you, Heather, who was on your season, was in the promo. She's coming up. Did you know she was going to be on the season? Are you guys still friends? What's what's your status with Heather? Heather is like my family no matter what. I don't talk to Heather all the time, but like whenever we do talk, it's all good. We catch right back up to where we were. I absolutely adore her. Um, I didn't know she was going to be on the season. I had heard rumors about it, but I didn't know for sure. And like, I don't want to pry and ask. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I can just find out with everyone else. It's okay. So yeah, um, I'm excited to see her on, but I saw her crying and I've never seen her cry before. And so I'm really concerned about who I'm going to have to beat up. Yes. I mean, I would assume as someone who, you know, keeps up with the franchise that Hannah Brown, who's also, you know, your friend and from your season, was friends with Matt James, really good friends with Heather, that thought maybe you guys would be good together. And she just took a shot and said, why not? What's the worst thing that happens? They turned me down. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's how it down. Uh, that sounds plausible. But I also think that maybe Heather, like, was interested because, um, like, her and Matt share a lot of the same religious beliefs, and that's really important to both of them. So maybe Hannah saw that in them or something. I mean, I honestly don't know how it went down. I didn't ask. I don't know. I just don't like to, you know, pry on that stuff because I'm like, I'm sure everyone's asking you. So I'm going to like, you can tell me if you want. Well, like you said, we'll see it play out. And also there's going to be other girls showing up, which I mean, way to just throw those girls off who were already, by the way, standing. I thought this was great. All the times they showed the contestants looking out the window at the top of that like giant mansion, looking at all the girls show up on the, in at the real bachelor mansion. You guys are like looking out the window too, right? Did they not show it as much? Um, yeah, we're, well, we're not really looking out the window, like sometimes we'll like peek around the fence and stuff. But um, honestly, you don't really have time to think about that. Like we didn't, I mean, I didn't have time to think about that. I was like more nervous about, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna have to talk to Colton. I don't even know what to say. I'm freaking out. This is gonna be awkward. Like, and now I'm trying to get to know these girls and like feel out the girls that keep on like walking in and getting to be friendly with all them. So I don't, I think that the only person that I saw, like I creeped on coming in was uh, Tracy because she had the cop car because I saw the cop car and I said, oh, hell no, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you're right. You're like, no, this is too soon. Not I was like, they found me. <laughs> Literally, they found me. Um, some of the other girls that stood out from Matt's premiere to me were Serena P, Rachel and Kayla, I think it was, who had the pickup truck. I thought there was something brewing there. I liked the pickup truck. So that was Kayla. Um, I thought that that was really cute. And it was a stick. And um, I know that for some reason, America finds it bizarre that women know how to drive stick shifts. So, you know, just I like that she threw that in there because, I mean, it, they put that as one of my personality traits. Like, I know how to drive a stick shift. So I, I got that, my ABC bio. So I thought that was really funny. And I was like, yes, girl, get that stick shift. Let's go. Um, I liked her. Um, 
And then you said, who else? Rachel? I have, I don't even hardly remember her. She was like the second girl out, right? Yeah, I wrote her down. She was the one who was getting like really emotional about the prayer. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm buying every single person in this room is really religious, but they're all going to pretend to be because of that's what Matt James is looking for. If I'm being honest, that's, you know, me saying that. But I felt like Rachel genuinely maybe was, was into it, but I could have fallen for that too, you know? I mean, I have no idea. I don't know the girl, but um, maybe she also had like one too many glasses of champagne or something like I I don't know. Uh, Maybe she is just, you know, that strong with her faith and it makes her that emotional. I don't know. I just I never really buy it with the night one criers. I'm like, listen, we just got here. Speaking of overserved, I think the queen might have had a little too much. (laughs) Don't get me started on her. (laughs) Let's talk about the queen. First of all, how dare she? How dare she? You had a tiara on one of on your one of your seasons, right? I had a crown. She had a tiara. I had a crown. I mean, it's just I get it. Like she's getting what she wanted. She's getting the airtime. I don't appreciate her calling herself the queen, obviously, because we all know that that is my role in Bachelor Nation. But it's quite flattering that she, you know, she wants to be the queen. That's cute. But you got to earn your crown, girl. You can't just show up and say, oh, I'm the queen. Like that. It doesn't work that way. You have to prove you're the queen and then you call yourself the queen. I know. I got to say, I mean, like this is kind of a weird thing to say, but I was a little disappointed in the queen's just if she's going to show up in a tiara being carried like you got to bring it. You got to be funny. You got to like have something going she for you. Sloppy. So got, yeah, she was sloppy and got weirdly involved in like drama that it, she was just telling everyone what to do. And it didn't make sense. I hated whenever she said, um, oh, you work in marketing, market yourself to Matt. I was like, excuse you. Like, don't you, you don't need to be giving anyone advice right now, Miss Victoria and calling people princesses and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're not even in the royal family. You're not even on the court. You are literally the jester right now. And the queen has spoken. We're on night one, when you're all sitting there and you are trying to fight for your time and you, you know, you find out there are people who code to the show and they don't even talk lead at all. How do you get your time? Like, what do you do without like, like, how did you do it? Because I feel like I would be the girl sitting there in the corner too scared, but also like I'm not going to come all this way and not at least talk to the dude. You, you just have to like make sure that you are adamant about seeing him. Uh, like, you know, I would tell my producers or whatever. I'd be like, listen, I need to talk to him and I need to talk to him next or now or first or like I need to get it out of the way in the beginning or else I'm going to be sitting over there thinking about it the whole time and panicking. So I want to talk to him. And like, you know, you just have to be like sometimes, you know, you go up to producer like, hey, I want to talk to the lead or can I go talk to him or whatever. And then they'll be like, yeah, in a minute. And they'll keep and they're like, "Okay," And you cower down. You just go sit on the couch like they said in a minute. It's like, no, you got to be like, I need to talk to him. I need to talk to him right now. If I don't get to talk to him, I'm going to go walk over there and interrupt myself. Like, we, I need to talk to him. You just have to be very firm about it, not just be like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll wait. Like, no, you got to put your foot down. You got to. I mean, I can't imagine going all the way there and not even talking to him night one, which it seems like now, to last night more than ever, there were more girls who were like, I didn't even have a chance. I didn't have a chance and got sent home. And I was like, that's why Victoria got a rose. I mean, I know the producers made her, but like there were girls upset that they didn't even talk to him. And I was like, how is it going to give you a rose if he didn't talk to you? Exactly. And they seem like really sweet girls. It's just like you got to you got to really have like a, a really big voice if you want to get time with him. If you, you know, are trying to be polite, you're not going to get far. Yeah. I also really liked the girl, Sarah, and not just because we have the same name. I thought she was cute and that Matt liked her. But obviously, Abigail, who was the star of the night, right? It was so adorable. Like, oh, I think everyone's hearts just melted and we all just fell in love with Abigail last night. And it was so cute. Also, I was... um. 
I love that when she first got out of the limo, I mean, she's also gorgeous, just like all of them. But they, she could tell she was nervous. Matt was nervous. They didn't hug. They kind of were like being giddy. And then by the end of the night, they were full on making out and she was getting the rose. I'm like, we little saw a little evolution already. Yes, I loved it. Um, yeah, I, did, I noticed her nerves, too. And I thought it was like really precious, like her, her like being nervous and like him being nervous, too. It was like really authentic. And then seeing them making out the end, I was like, ooh, that was steamy. He didn't kiss too many girls either. He kissed the girl who I don't like the forced kiss on the on the entrance when it, like your limo entrance is like a gimmick to get the kiss. I think that's kind of a, a little bit of a cheap, cheap move. And this girl did the lady in the tramp, which I know is classic. But I was like, eh, I don't like stealing the kiss that way. You know, it doesn't feel like pure bachelor. Yeah, um, I did that on my season. Um, I, I not on the entrance, but on the first group date I like went off stage and like gave him a kiss and like he he, he didn't ask for that you know so um, I gave him one of the forced kisses but I'm sure he loved it afterwards um, but um, to, I, not to interrupt I, took, I meant like get out of the limo you haven't even said hello yet and you're like making the kiss happen but I also didn't know you did that so sorry no 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 it's okay because it's definitely like a lot of people talk about that um, I, I definitely wouldn't want somebody like doing that to me like first night out of the limo don't even know who you are haven't heard your name like all of a sudden we're kissing that's and and obviously like I'm not gonna reject you because then I'm gonna make you feel bad so now I'm just doing it and it's like okay that's weird but I don't know he seemed like he kind of liked it yeah it was probably a perfectly good kiss he definitely didn't reject it and I shouldn't you know be speaking for Matt James because I he can kiss whoever he wants I guess yeah I'm saying from my point of view if that was the way my like first kiss on the show went especially him he's never been on tv and all of a sudden there's just this girl coming up with the pasta noodle and you're like wow okay I've been on tv for five minutes and I'm doing the lady and the tramp move. I mean, it's 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 different. It's history. Yeah, but all I could think about was how cold and nasty that noodle must have been. Totally. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of girls we loved, of course. And then there was the controversial girls. You got your girl who showed up with the vibrator. How, where'd we land on the vibrator? Pro or con? It was funny. I thought it got a little old when she was like tapping the girl with it. When she was when that girl was opening up Puerto Rico. And I know that wasn't her fault. But that was like poorly in her hand. But overall, what do we think of the vibrator dildo situation? You know, I don't know how I really feel about it. I'm kind of up in the air with it. Like, I get it. It was funny. Um, But, you know, it also comes down to, like, an awkward double standard. Like, if a guy showed up with, like, a pocket pussy, I like, America would be, like, ew, he's foul, repulsive. Somebody lock him up. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't know if, if I... Like if there's a double standard there, I don't know enough like about, I don't know. But I, I agree that it was weird that she was poking people with it. But I thought it was funny at the same time, too. I was like, wow, this bitch really brought a dildo. <laughs> it, it, it shows confidence. That's for sure. Yeah. I just I like there's no way I'd be able to walk around poking people with a dildo and being like, can I steal him? <laughs> I'd be like, hell no. And I'm sure it wasn't her fault. She didn't know they were talking about Puerto Rico and earthquakes. But when she watches that back, she's probably cringing a little. Right. Like, ooh. oh, of course. We we all cringe watching stuff we did back. Was there anything that you remember from either Paradise or Colton season that you were like dreading to watch the least or that you found the cringiest when you were watching it? Um, the cringiest was probably, oh, it was embarrassing more than cringy. Uh, I can't even watch it. It was um, whenever I got into, we did the fighting and I had to fight Katie and she kicked my butt. That made me cringe. And I was like so frustrated and I was like on the ground, like, mm, like whining. I was like, oh God, that's so embarrassing. 
<laughs> That's really funny. You there's the dates that you guys, the group dates of it all, like are those fun or are they just like are you really trying to like fight for the time? Are you enjoying the time with the girls? Are you like why am I doing this? Is it everything? It's a mixture cuz it's you do have fun whenever it's just you and the girls, but like whenever the lead is around, there's this underlying sense of competition and like everyone's trying to get his attention and so if you like feel like you're like fighting for it and so then I would be like I'm not fighting for his attention like fuck this. So then I would just like hang around in the back with like, you know, Hannah or someone else and like just play around and do whatever and enjoy it. Because I was like, I'm not going to, you know, it, it's getting obnoxious. Like, I feel like I'm being annoying. I feel like I'm being obnoxious because I'm trying to get his attention. And so I I can't do that anymore. Like, I need to just enjoy this day. So, you know, if he talks to me, like, you know, I'll talk to him if I see him alone for a moment or something. But I'm like, I'm not going to fight and like stress myself out all day. So it's like a little stressful with that. But it's also really fun because you get to experience like, you know, different activities, especially whenever you're just mainly hanging around the rest of the time. Yeah, it is. I'm sure it's like getting let out of your like mansion cage and just getting to that's why they make you fight and like play soccer when you're like I've played soccer since first grade they're like what activity can we torture you with today <laughs> last season there was so much like drama with this strip dodgeball and I was like I feel like they've made the girls do things like that plenty of time I you know and that's the thing it, it's so interesting I don't know how to feel about that whole thing either because it's like you know it is fun and it's lighthearted and like I would have fun doing it but that's not to say that the person next to me couldn't be absolutely mortified and too embarrassed to say they don't want to do it because they don't want to, you know, make a scene. So I don't know. Eh. That's a mature way. I mean, you're also, that's a mature way of looking at it. And you did know you're coming on this show and you can look at years past and be like, this is what I might be getting into. But at the same time, you know, everyone's different. So some people might thrive being half naked on television, including the girl who showed up half naked for. (laughs) She had a rocking bod. I don't blame her. She did. She, I mean, again, gorgeous. I feel like maybe she could have gone with like a really big robe to do the like joke with the dress to pick, but she wanted to show off her body. And, you know, who are we to stop her? Exactly. Body positivity. Let's go, girl. You know, Demi, you're fascinating to me for a lot of reasons, but one of them is I feel like you are an exception to the Bachelor kind of world where you were like outspoken and caught the attention of of Colton and the girls. But like you were also embraced by, I feel like, the show and the viewers. And it's I think it's a testament to you and how great you are for the show and how funny you are and stuff. But that's also a borderline of, you know, were you worried at all how you were going to be portrayed on the show? Did you think about stuff like that? You know what I mean? Because it's hard to be an outspoken, like funny girl on the show without them editing it to be something crazy sometimes oh yeah um i remember whenever i was at the airport in vietnam ready to about to come home and i got my phone back and i called my parents and i was like dying laughing and i was like guys i think i'm gonna be the villain (laughs) and uh, they were just laughing with me and then i I just like was filling them in on what had happened um but so like I, i thought that i might get the villain edit and only because i knew that the other girls like i knew that they were probably talking about me a lot like in their interviews and stuff because i could see whenever i did like an antic or something thing or like I did something funny or attention seeking I would see like them glaring at me and like I, I saw the stank face I saw that they were not having it but the thing with me is like I know that that's like that's frustrating to see me acting like up and like you know getting attention and stuff so I don't fault them for it so I would just be really nice to them and so they like couldn't hate me because I was super friendly and nice to them still and I was just like yeah that was crazy like sorry about that guys like <laughs> you know and so I was like really sweet to them and like I'm a really good friend So like there's a fine line and it's really like you can be bold, you can be funny, you can do outrageous things, but you have to not be a mean girl. And like there's some people that would say I had mean girl moments, but I I never was actually being mean like the whole like, you know, ageist things. I thought that that was going to blow like blow up way worse than it did. But that was 
all like me just joking around with them. Like um, I have absolutely like nothing against old people. Like I'm going to be an old person one day. So it was like it was none of it was like with malice, like the cougar thing. They were calling themselves cougars. They're like, this is a cougar den and stuff like that. And then I'm doing an interview and I'm like, them damn cougars, man. They, they really don't like me, do they? But it wasn't ever like I actually think that it's weird and I wasn't ever being mean. And um, so, yeah, I was nervous. But once I saw how I got my edit, I was so happy. I was like, oh, my God. Thank God they just showed me being funny, like, and how I intended it to come across and stuff like that. It was fun. I miss it. <laughs> you miss it? Or, well, yeah. Are we going to get you back on any of these shows? What's the status <laughs> there? You've done it all, really. You've got, you got engaged. You you were on, you were the not, you were the not villain villain, which is, I think, the coolest place to be because everyone gets to see your real personality, but you also aren't just like the sweet girl in the background. You know what I mean? Like you kind of got the best of both worlds. And I think it's also maybe as the show hopefully gets into like, this era of how we think it's like not a woman doesn't have to be one dimensional. We don't need villain, sweet girl, you know, boring girl. Like we kind of see all sides, but then right when I think that it's like, Oh, we get another kind of villainy type girl. You know what I mean? But I feel like you were one of the lucky ones that got a kind of a cool best of both worlds. Yeah, I really did. And also on my season, um, like the girls this season, they, they seem, some of them seem pretty mean, like uh, very catty, lots of drama, all that kind of stuff. On my season, there really wasn't anyone like that. I was like, everyone just kind of knew, oh, that's just Demi's personality. Like at first, you know, they were like, uh, like who is this girl, blah, blah, like she's putting it on for the cameras. And then cameras weren't there. They were like, oh no, this is just who she is. And she's actually like really nice, fun person. Like I want to hop on the train with her. Like, let's go, let's park. I remember a while back you said something along the lines if you were the lead we could maybe have men and women it could be like a crazy record-breaking thing are you seeing anyone right now I don't know if you're public about it or oh no I am as single as it gets honey um I'm not even like texting or flirting with anyone this is painful time for me Uh, if I would ever do a show again like of course like I love I love doing tv I love being on The Bachelor I love working with all the producers I love being in front of the camera like it's really fun to me I love the friendships that you make Um, As far as if I would ever be a lead, I think it would probably take them like five to 10 years for that to ever happen. I mean, it took like 20 something seasons for them to even show a same sex relationship. So to have a whole season based around that um, or the possibility of that is I don't know. I don't know if that would happen like anytime soon. You know, you got they still have their audience that isn't okay with that kind of stuff. So, you know, they have to be smart in the way that they're producing the show and know like, you know, who they're reaching. And, you know, uh, they already made a huge stride by now having our first Black Bachelor, which that should have happened a long time ago. So who knows how long it'll take to get some more LGBTQ representation in there. But I think that it's important to them, like the, the team there, the producers. I know that they all feel very strongly about it, but it's just I think it's a matter. And this is me speaking. I don't actually know what's going on. But I think it's a matter of like knowing their audience and having to slowly introduce you know, people into being comfortable with it and do it respect, like respectfully, not have like, you know, a shit show where uh, like if one person's the lead and there's guys and girls and then the guys and the girls start hooking up and all this stuff like, you know, it's something that they've got to figure out. They've got to navigate that. And, you know, I'm just excited for whenever it happens, even if it's with me or not. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, we've taken small steps, but they've been great steps. You know, Tasha was awesome. Matt was awesome. Abigail, who was the first hearing impaired contestant is awesome and you know it's i think it's going to be a slow steady move but i also don't see the show ending anytime soon so who knows what it's going to look like in 10 more years yeah exactly you're right it is like we're a slow steady move we're we're getting somewhere i like that 
I like being a part of it too. That's cool. Well, tell me more about your projects. I know you have a podcast. Tell everyone where they can listen to it, what you guys talk about and all that fun stuff. So my podcast, I'm going to like revamp it. I've got to like, I'm going to redo it all. And that'll be coming out sometime in the early spring, I think, or, you know, as soon as I can get the ball rolling on it. Um, But other than that, just working on a bunch of stuff. I can't really talk about it yet. And, you know, it's isolation, quarantine, lockdown. So we're limited on resources and stuff we can do, but really just focusing on working Uh, you know, on my social media, my engagement and different little projects that are here and there. Just really trying to be more of a businesswoman and less of a party girl. (laughs) What a resolution. It's a good time for it, I think, because you can't really party right now. I know, right? I like had no choice. (laughs) The year made us like 2020 now 2021 is forcing us to be mature. And I don't love it. (laughs) I don't either. But I will say I feel a lot more productive. And I'm not used to that feeling. (laughs) Agreed. Same. Honestly, same. Um, Before I let you go, do you have any way too soon predictions on who you think is going to go far from this season? You know, it's too soon to tell. But in case you're right, we'll have the audio. (laughs) Let the record show. Um, let's see. I I think that Brie is probably going to go really far. And I think that Abigail will probably go really far, too. I just really felt some chemistry between them. Um, I can't remember the girl's name who she was really pretty and she had that pink sparkly tight dress. I, I like her. I feel like she's probably going to go far, too. Great. Well, maybe we'll be right. Who knows? Time will tell. I, there was one girl. I can't remember her name either. She kept uh, she was in the promos crying a lot. Um, whenever they showed Heather, she was like, uh, you already had your chance. And she was like distraught over it. Like that was so ridiculous to me. Like if some girl came back from like another season, I'd be like, well, what like I would come back too if they asked me like, duh, like, and I know that you would too, because you signed up to be on the show in the first place. You're telling me you wouldn't come back. Like, don't blame Heather. Like Heather had anything to do with it. Like Heather was like, I want to sabotage this show. (laughs) If I was them, I would latch on to Heather and be like, tell me everything you know about how this show works. I want the inside scoop. You have someone on the inside. Exactly. And Heather's like the sweetest girl ever. And like, she would be so helpful. So I'm like, why are you guys upset about this? This makes no sense to me. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It it was just immature to me, but... Whatever. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm rooting for Heather. Hopefully, maybe she gets her shot. I don't know. I feel like they only showed her in like her dress on night one. So I have a feeling maybe he doesn't let her stay, which sometimes they pull the like, it's not fair. But it's like, what is fair? There are no rules on this freaking show. Let's be honest. I mean, come on. There are no rules. Like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, thank you so much, Demi, for joining me. You have to come back. Maybe we'll be right about our predictions. Who knows? But I would love to touch base with you again soon. I would love to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Sarah. Before we wrap up, Us Weekly recently caught up with Matt James himself, and while he played very, very, very coy about what's to come, he did spill some secrets about filming the season, including how he was more open this season than he originally planned on. It was difficult leading up to the to the show because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to leave this out. And then when I got there, I put everything on the table. Like I put it all out there because... I need them to know who I am, where I'm coming from, what I've been through for them to make an assessment on me because, you know, I'm courting them, but they're courting me. Like they'd be like, this guy's not what I'm into. I'm out. Uh, I want them to be able to make that assessment on me too. And, and that only comes through being real with them and, and, and not holding back, you know, Matt also opened up to us about his comments that he's never been in love before. Yeah. I think it was more so not understanding what love was because it was a, a term that I kind of tossed around as a jit that I didn't really understand. You know, I was, I would say it so carelessly, the implications of loving somebody for me to me now 
the sacrifice, the respect, everything that you'll do for that person. I wasn't ready to do when I was telling people that. So I can't say that I was in love. And that's where that came from. And finally revealed what he learned about himself during this whirlwind experience. That I'm capable of loving, you know, I, uh, uh, a lot of things in my life um, have turned me off to the ideas of a conventional relationship, just seeing how they played out in my parents' life and in my family. So um, it was it was very refreshing to be around this caliber of women. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. We will be here all season rooting on Matt James with your favorite Bachelor Nation guests, breaking down the biggest splits, the biggest shockers, the new arrivals, whatever this season throws at us, we will be here to break it down. So don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast and come back every week. Every week.